When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe, Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a 6 ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Pride of Fairbury is with us. We get our two going. We're live at Southwest. West Side is here at Southwest. Is they come in number two in the state, and uh, we will see who's in PBA to get uh, Girls State 2024 going. Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, the professor at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, how we doing, man? I'm fine. Thanks for the explanation. I thought you guys were like in line at the DMV or something or been called to jury duty. You're like in some <laughs> legal building. but okay. Jury so duty was a line. nightmare. They about canceled a, a, the trip to Colorado in 2019. Can I, uh, <laughs> can I reschedule, please? Uh <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Speaking of, I got a letter about, like, jury duty, and then they never, like, I, I filled out, like, the online thing, and they never followed up, so I assume I'm good. Right? Like. Well, Bailey, yeah, <laughs> if you're not. I, I just, I don't know. It was supposed to be last summer, and I filled out, like, the online questionnaire, and it said, like, they'd follow up with more info, and they never did, so mm-hmm. I assume they just didn't select me. That's all right. I, I think I, I would you feel didn't blessed. Meet the criteria. Right. Bill uh, got an email in from Todd. Uh, he is weary about Michigan, Nebraska, and uh, Michigan getting their their best player Doug back with the most unique spelling of Doug. Uh, he says we'll probably lose out and then win big the team the, the win the Big Ten tournament. Uh, probably just to feed the hospitals with more heart patients. Uh, <laughs> let's get into uh, the Nebraska question and topic. I respect the confidence. Yeah, I love I love <laughs> I, I love, I, I love Todd. I love Todd's uh, uh, bet in the Big Ten tourney, but. What do you need down the stretch from Nebraska? Need not to lose. I think that would be a four and zero. A good, good, uh, positive step. Um, look, the, the most challenging game Nebraska has left, or it should be, is is the game on Sunday against Minnesota. The rest of the schedule, when you take a look at it, is is is, is user friendly in opponents. Because what do you have? You have Minnesota, uh, a team that you should be seeking revenge on after losing. Uh, an ugly game earlier this season. Then you've got, uh, you're at Ohio State, a, a team that, yeah, did pull off an upset victory the other day, but I, I can't imagine that that's going to completely turn their situation around. Uh, then you've got, what, a, a couple of days off. You go Sunday, Thursday, Sunday back home for Rutgers on Senior Day, which should be a fairly emotional uh, game because you've got Alec, even though he's been around for one season, I think people have really taken to him, especially because he's local. And Kisei Tomonaga, he's a beloved player in Nebraska lore now. Uh, I think it's going to be emotional for that Rutgers game. And Coleman, of course, is also a senior. But then you go on the road, you've got another week before you go to Michigan. So at Nebraska goes Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and Sunday. That's a lot of time to play those four games. If you go back when Nebraska had its biggest struggles this season, after the win over Purdue, they had to play. They went like Tuesday, Friday. 
on the road to Iowa. That wasn't easy. You're coming off a major win, and then you got to go over to Iowa with a travel day and all that. I think there was some bad weather, as I recall. Yeah. And then the games, Connor, that you called, Nebraska beats Wisconsin, and then turned around and plays like like Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, like three games in a six-day frame. Yep. And they lost a couple of them. But the, the, the stretch for Nebraska going into the Big Ten tournament, it sets up pretty well for them to get healthy, to get some wins, you know, wins, momentum, and then whatever happens in the Big Ten tourney should happen. But the bottom line is now Nebraska's the hunted with Minnesota trying to improve its resume to get into the tournament and Rutgers trying to improve its resume to get into the tournament. And it's shocking to think that Nebraska is the big hurdle, that Nebraska's a hunted team at this time. But for Minnesota and Rutgers, winning in Lincoln would go a long way toward getting them in and perhaps knocking Nebraska out. Yeah, Bill, and kind of to your point, I think not knowing the lines off the top of my head, some of them haven't been released yet, you would assume that Nebraska would be favored in three, if not four, of their remaining games down the stretch. But there's still that thought out there, a thought we talked about last hour, and a thought that I think a lot of Husker fans have that, man, Nebraska could still find a way to screw this up. I and mean, we're talking, what do they need to do? Is 2-2 is two and two good enough? Is 3-1 and one good enough? Where realistically, Nebraska is a better team than all four teams that they have remaining on their schedule. And because of that, I finished the hour by saying, you know what, Nebraska could still potentially play its way into finishing second or third in the Big Ten. It's not unreasonable when you look at the schedules of the teams that are ahead of them. So I want to get your thoughts. That concern with these final four games, is that well-founded based on what we've seen this year? Or is that just the Husker PTSD kicking in from all the years of heartbreak being a Husker fan? <laughs> Since Jerry Bush was the coach? Um, look, I think we all need to know that we got to prepare for those uh, first eight minutes of the uh, uh, what was, uh, the Indiana game because it's in the second half that it's going to happen again, right, with this team. But I think what they did at Indiana was significant. You know, to, to blow a 22-point lead get it down to the cusp of a tie or trailing had Hoiberg not stolen that ball away, right? Uh, and then as quick as they were only, that their lead went from 22 to three, as quick as that happened, they were back up by 12 and they went it by 15. So I don't think you have that team that probably has it. Yeah, we're, we blew the lead and it's just gonna happen again. What happened at Minnesota? What happened at Rutgers? What happened at Illinois? All that. I think the 15-point margin of victory and the way they bounce back at Indiana, I think that plays fairly well. At least it should play well in their psyche. They, yeah, they need to go to Ohio State and win and not battle for a win. Go out there and win. You're the better team. And Michigan, you can't lose to Michigan. That's, that, that team is also a disarray. You've got a couple of places that are going to have new head coaches, if not three in this league, right, with Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, in, in perhaps Indiana, you took care of them already. Yeah, I agree, Bill. I think that, you know, if Nebraska has a stretch like this in, say, early December, you maybe excuse a loss or two. But now that you're getting down to the nitty-gritty, you're better than all four of these teams that you have left, at least on paper. And I think that they passed the eye test, too. You have to beat them, I think, because... That only strengthens your resume, obviously, for March, but it builds momentum going into the tournament. You mentioned the time off that they have on top of that. And you can prove that you can string wins together on home and on the road when you alternate. And I think that's going to go a long way for the committee when we come into March. 
Yeah, the, the, Nebraska's resume is – who else has wins over, what, a pair of top six teams this year, even though they were at home? And, you know, I, that's that's a big deal at this time of year. They're going to be looking at those and, and the, the, you know, the size of victory, all of that kind of stuff. Nebraska's probably going to finish with at least 20, 22 wins on the season, at least 21 wins on the season, wins over a couple of top six teams. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're going to look at, you know, they're going to look at their resume without the name on the at the top of the sheet. They're just they'll look at the stats, right? And they go, that's a pretty good basketball team. And look at the wins that they have. It's not going to be, ah, it's Nebraska. I don't think so, right? That's for the pundits to talk about. I think Nebraska black and white resume looks pretty good, and it, it's only going to get better if they go to at least two and two down the stretch. Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman with us here, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. The a2 District Final follows us. It's Omaha West Side on the road here at uh, Lincoln Southwest as uh, they are vying for a spot at PBA next week. Bill, going to go to college football. Oh, Tis real, the season. Real, 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 real quick, for those people who might be watching on the stream, uh, did somebody just confiscate Elijah's backpack like they, they took <laughs> Judge Reinhold's in stripes because he was holding? <laughs> no, people holding are. At the bus station? In the stream, people are accusing Elijah of, of having a backpack full of Cornhead Lager. We it are has, powered by Cornhead Lager, just not at the high school during the show. It has my notebooks and nothing else. Let's, I'll, I'll open it up for you guys. No beers in here. Uh-huh. I'm yeah, more worried about Shickley Ditchweed or something, but nevertheless, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. Uh, a thought here as it's fundraising season for NIL and uh, – <laughs> I want to get your take here on Nebraska from a from a legislature standpoint. You've got different rules for different states, Bill. It's not uniform. It's the Wild West. Uh, we all heard Johnny Football talk about bagmen this week. Uh, I want to get your take, though, on on uh, Governor Pillen and LB-1393. And, and the long and short of this is giving Nebraska more power to directly the university work with they're student athletes when it comes to UNL uh, or when it comes to NIL. And uh, interested to uh, to get your take. You've spent a lot of time in the athletic department uh, in your career. And this isn't an oversight thing to me. And Trev talked about it this week, Trev Alberts, but more so of a, a protection because Nebraska, while they have 1890, which is fabulous, there's a lot of places around the country that have shady collectives that end up promising the world and delivering 10 cents on the dollar? Would it be better for the universities to directly handle this with their student-athletes? That's well, what Nebraska's look, proposing. But look at, the, look at the ruling that just came down, what, just a couple of hours ago with Virginia and Tennessee. The judge basically in his ruling said the NCAA no longer has any power. I mean, that, that, that seems to be, and again, this just came down a couple hours ago, right? So Nebraska is being proactive in terms of how the game is about to change even more. We've been going through the conference realignment stuff. We've gone through television contracts and the hundreds of millions of dollars that are going to come in. We know that there's going to be a, there's a facilities arms race going on. Uh, we know that the Big Ten and the SEC are creating their own Super League of Football, right? But with this thing that's coming down now, and people really, really need to pay attention to this the Tennessee and Virginia rulings that basically say student athletes 
can now start negotiating before they even step on campus and sign on the dotted line. I mean, you're talking about high school kids that have high NIL values or perceived values, and they're going to be able to cut deals and work with collectives and schools and boosters. And it's just, it's, look, this is just preliminary from what I've read so far. I'm going to go do a deep dive on this. But the bottom line is, Kids are going to be able to make deals before they sign national letters of intent from the way I read it. And eventually schools are going to have to say, we're going to have to sign you to a contract to become university employees under contract. So it might be a deal where this recruit signs a three-year letter of intent, maybe four, but maybe a three-year letter of intent to play football at Nebraska or three with a fourth-year option, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that they sign a, instead of the five-star quarterback for a three-year deal, they sign him. But the, the quarterback number two they want, they're going to sign to a one-year contract. And all this is, come. I'm telling this is what's going to come down. You're going to have unions getting, in, you know, created. But Nebraska is all in. We know that, right? And so whatever Governor Pillen and the legislature is wanting to do is only signifying that whatever the rules are going to be, Nebraska is going to be all in with their toes on the line. And when they start moving the line, they're going to move right there with it. They're not going to be at the back of the pack in this game anymore. I'm not that they ever have been. I'm just going to say this. Hearing Bill talk about money and legislatures while I can hear Cotton Eye Joe going in the background is pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and that just made my day. But it's, it is kind of weird how, you know, should the universities handle it? Should these external factors handle it? And I feel like maybe I'm wrong on this, but the universities wouldn't really want to give up that sum of money because they could use it elsewhere when they could just have these external organizations do it. I mean, what's your take on that, Bill? Well, I think it's all going to be partnerships in some way, shape, or another. I mean, the University of Nebraska and the University of Oklahoma and the University of Oregon, they're all going to have to be understanding where the money is going collectives will probably go under the auspices and and under the athletic department umbrella perhaps so it's not just this separate entity that you get to work with there may be more control by the athletic departments over the collectives so that everybody is on the same page and it's not that you are cutting this deal with this uh, collective over here and then you're going to be a university employee and then you've got donors and all of these areas of money coming in I think that the that the athletic departments are going to have to get a handle on it, right? And have C- athletic directors and CEOs and CFOs and whomever so that it is not uncontrolled and that they can at least control it the best that they can. But I think this Virginia Tennessee thing is a huge day that you're going to have you're going to have free agency with high school kids cutting deals before they sign national letters of intent. And then the universities are going to have to say, okay, it's a two-year deal or it's a three-year deal or whatever so that you are tied in so that you can't all of a sudden transfer a portal out because somebody's tampering with you and saying, hey, we know you've got a one-year deal with Nebraska for X amount of dollars. They can talk to you whenever and tamper with you perhaps. I, I don't know. But, I, again, this has all come down. But you can start cutting deals. When you know your one-year deal is winding down, and somebody else knows that, then negotiations began again. Bill, 30 seconds, I uh, believe. 
Title IX, how do you navigate that? It's one thing to pay the football, and it's one thing to pay the volleyball. How do you make enough money for everybody? Do you have different tiers of earnings? I, I think that's for this. That's for people who might be as smart as me. I don't know. Um, I, I, th- I think, uh, I think the good, the, the fortunate thing for Nebraska people is Nebraska has always put an emphasis on its women's athletic programs, and I don't think Nebraska women's athletics are going to get left behind uh, in this regard. So I think that for for me, when that when I hear that question, I think Nebraska is probably going to cover that base pretty well. But it's all an issue right now, isn't it? And uh, I think Nebraska, though, is all in on what the whatever the game is going to be. Nebraska wants to play. Bride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman with us, Hale Varsity. Billy D, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for jumping on, brother. All right, boys. Go Big Red. Have a good weekend. All right, there he is, Bill Dolman with us. Good to spend time with him. We're here at Southwest. Westside and the Silverhawks. Who gets to state? We'll talk some Husker baseball. Husker legend and World Series champ Java Chamberlain next on Hale Varsity.